Wait, are you... <laughs> are you gonna count me in? Whatever. I'm just gonna go for it. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say Queen's rule. But they don't. Queen's lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. And they're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Now here's your host, Amy Singleton, the queen of realness. Leading conversations about business, life, and the real shit you want to know. Thank you so much for being here today. We are so excited to welcome Danielle Throckmorton. She is a mom. She is a wife. She is an event planner. She is a coach. She leads a retreat and she is doing some fantabulastic things here in our town. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So let's just start off right away. You are a busy woman. Tell us what all you've got going on. I am. I'm like what you would call the multi-passionate entrepreneur, right? I have, I wear many hats literally, or, you know, also figuratively. So if you guys are only hearing this by audio, I wear a lot of hats. That's like <laughs> my, it's my thing, ball caps, big hats. Um, but yeah, I have um, had an evolution in my life and in my businesses of things like unfolding, right? I'm sure you could probably relate to that where it's like, I had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Like if you were to ask me even a few years ago, I'd be like, you are like batshit crazy. Like that's not <laughs> something that I would experience. And so, yeah, I, all of the things that she told you, I am a coach. I have a retreat for women. And then I own an event planning company, which was actually where I got started as an entrepreneur. So where, what were you before you were an entrepreneur? What brought you into owning your own business. Okay. So a little bit of back history. My, I was raised by a single dad and he always had a, a tailored schedule of like how to be a parent. So he was really present with us, but then he also ran his own business. So I always kind of saw what entrepreneurship was like and always wanted kind of a piece of that. Um, but I, my life kind of took a different trajectory. So I actually became a mom my junior year of high school. Um, so I immediately was like in the workforce and finishing school and, um, just trying to figure out what life would look like. It was a little bit accelerated. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I actually started cleaning houses. And so I could say that's like my first entrepreneur journey and not really this business, but it was never meant to be like long-term. It just served my life at the time. Um, and I had, you know, been married really young, but the marriage did not work out as you guys could probably expect. Um, and I, <laughs> the trial I husband, in, yeah, the trial husband. That's right. Yeah. Um, I have seven years with number two. So fingers crossed. Um, yes. And so there, it was really crazy. My life really has been like an unfolding. And so I had been a single mom for several years and working. And my dad was like, it's time to close that chapter. I've hired this attorney. I want you to go meet with her. And so I made it official. You know, I, I filed for divorce and the day my divorce was final, I was offered a job by my attorney in Norman what? actually. Yes. Wow. <laughs> So okay. here I was like this single mom cleaning toilets, literally. And I loved it. Like I don't discredit that. Like it was the greatest job ever. Leah could go with me. It paid my bills. It gave me independence, but there was something to be said about like, you want me like to work in your firm. And they were like, yes, we want you to work in our firm. And so I had, you know, things like PTO, 
health insurance, like the things that you didn't get as a mom cleaning houses. And um, it was that next step. So I worked there for seven years. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of led the question was what led to the entrepreneurship? So I actually did uh, work for a divorce attorney for seven years full-time. And I had over the years, I met my husband, Preston. We started dating. Of course, we got married. That was in 2016. And as I was planning my wedding, I kept getting all these like reach outs from the vendors that I was working with, the venue that I had planned my wedding at. And they were like, can we clone you? Like, could you just work here? And it was like, almost just like the firm, people were asking me to do things. I was like, you really want me to plan events here? And so I'm on my way back from my honeymoon. And I had had some resistance for a long time at the firm, just wasn't in alignment with what I wanted. It's really heavy work, even though it's, you know, an honor to help and support women and men going through those times. It was just a lot. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm having a lot of resistance to go back. And he was like, oh, just quit. And I was like, okay, well, okay. That's, not, that's not realistic. No, I totally did not quit my job. But <laughs> I did, I did go home and I started a website. I built it myself. I learned how to register a business name. I launched Throckmorton events. And then for two years, simultaneously, I worked full-time and I built a wedding and event planning company. So I would joke and tell clients like during the day I'm planning divorce, so I'm not available, but in the night I'm planning weddings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting you people on both ends of this deal. Exactly. So I want to tell you, like, it was from my dad, but also it was from my boss, Cindy. She inspired me truly. Um, She built an incredible firm. She had her family work for her. She had a great reputation. She really took care of me and Leah at the time. I was really inspired by her leadership. And so I think it was a combination of like, I wanted this, I wanted this flexibility. I wanted to be a present mom. And I had all these tools and skills and it was time to use them. And so that's when I kind of took that leap. I love that your dad was there setting that example from the very beginning. So many of us don't grow up with that, with that entrepreneur in our household to know that those things are even available to us. Right, exactly. And I, and I wanted to be a present parent and he was a single dad. And at the time I was a single mom and I was like, you know, I don't want to just see her two hours at night. I don't want to, you know, tell her I have to choose between Christmas vacation with her or a class party. Like I just wanted to redefine how present I was with this child. And also, you know, I came to an income gap, you know, like I I'm at the place where in this role, it's about all I can make. And I wanted a different life for us. And so if I'm like, okay, in this role, my next step was law school. I did not want to be a lawyer. So (laughs) what do I do? And that's when I was like, I need to be in control of my time, my money, and like what gets my energy. Oh my gosh. I love that. It sounds like you had a lot of self-doubt going, what you want me, you want me, you want me. How did that play into stepping out on your own? Oh girl, that has been (laughs) every time there is like this evolution. I have that. I'm surprised most of the time when people are like, I want you to do these things. Um, you know, you said I do retreats. I, I planned the first retreat and I hired speakers. I didn't even speak at the first retreat because I really didn't think anyone wanted to learn from me. And so it has, this sounds like I'm being hard on myself, but it was really just like, I didn't know that about myself. Like, it's like people are asking for things and it's like, I feel called and I take that leap and I get past the fear, but it's like, I haven't actually taken the steps myself and looked for that initiative. And so I think that comes back to like community, right? Like who you surround yourself with, because these women send in their feedback requests and they're like, we thought we were going to hear you speak. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't know that you guys wanted me to Who, speak. Me? So, Who yes. me? 
that's, that is literally the best way to describe, um, the unfolding of my life. But once I commit and I have that like nagging feeling in my soul that I'm supposed to do something, I go all in. Yes. Yes. So it's just getting up. over those limiting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For real po- imposter syndrome right there in front of you instead of who me, yes, me, I'll do the thing. <laughs> I love exactly. that you're stepping into that. So tell us a little bit about, um, Tell us about Throckmorton Events. Okay, so Throckmorton Events was the event planning company is. It's still in existence. It is. Um, I have planned probably over 100 plus weddings and events. Um, It's a reputable company, has built many awards, something to be very proud of. I'm very proud of it. Um, But over the last year or so, I have been pivoting the business. I have been aware that I am missing out on weekends with my kids. They're getting older. And I was reassessing again, what do I really want my life and business to look like? And I decided to pivot reach retreat to actually start helping entrepreneurs plan their own retreats so that I can still use my skills, but it's in alignment with where my life is at and what I believe in. Nice. And so you, um, you've planned the reach retreat and that is for entrepreneurial women. And the program is called, um, ditch the bullshit. Is that right? Yeah. So ditch the bullshit is my coaching program that, Some of the women, you know, like we have many speakers that come to reach retreat. It's not just myself, because I do believe that women need particular leaders. Everyone has their own zone, you know, zone of genius. And so I cultivate a space where we have multiple talents and experiences and backgrounds and ages even. And it's really neat to see what happens in that space. But my ditch the bullshit program, that is my one-on-one coaching. Again, women were coming to me after the retreat. And they're like, can you mentor me? Can you help me create this strategic plan or this roadmap for where I'm headed? And I was like, all of these people are coming to me and asking me for these things. These are my skills. I should create the space to be able to do that. And so I started offering one-on-one coaching. It's been, oh my gosh, almost two years now since I've been doing coaching. Wow. Wow. So who is this for? Who is Reach Retreat for? So what I have found over the years is reach retreat evolves with the women. So that's, what's really neat too, is like, I have three time returning retreaters this year, um, that have come since, you know, there are OGs, <laughs> there are the, the ones that believed in it before it was a thing. Um, but I've noticed that women entrepreneurs that are probably around like two to five years or more are really having the best results because they have been in it. They know the struggles, they figured out what's working, what's not working, but they're missing something, right? Like usually around that time frame, I've been noticing they're ready for the next level or they're wanting to pivot. Um, or maybe even an entrepreneurship, I feel like we can say that it, it kind of feels lonely at times. And so yeah. I think in that time frame of two to five years, you're starting to kind of see where your blind spots are and the problem areas and things that you want to fix. And that's where I feel like asking the reach retreaters, what do you want next? What area of your business do you need help on? And I tailor the retreat to meet them where they are. And um, so I would say an entrepreneur that has an established business. Now I have made exceptions. Like I have a woman this year, she owns a business here in Oklahoma city, and she has been in the industry of interior design and architecture for like over a decade. And she's decided to now go out on her own and she's launched this business. And so I approved her this year because I was like, you may be a baby entrepreneur in the sense of like, you haven't ran the business aspect, but she's been in the industry long enough to know what she didn't want to bring into her business and what she does. And so Mm -hmm. that was an exception for her. Yeah. I can definitely see how valuable that would be. I mean, all of us are, well, 
many of us are involved in mastermind groups when it comes to our niche, right? We get the tips from those people, but to cultivate, as you said, the need for whatever niche you are in is perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And that was something that, again, I had to start listening to what the women were wanting and I had my desire for cultivating retreat, rather than like a conference was because I had attended the conference. I was on this personal care journey. I was working you know, full-time and building a business and being a mom. And I went to this conference with like 6,800 women and it was life-changing. It really was. I met a lot of friends. One of my speakers um, that's come all three years I met there. One of the attendees that's come all three years I met there. But there was a missing piece of like, I wanted to raise my hand so many times and ask a question, but I couldn't. I wanted to really be able to be heard for where I was at in my business and not hear all these general topics that people had prepared or spoke on many times. So when I bring on Reach Retreat speakers and leaders, we work intimately with our attendees and we ask them questions and surveys and we build relationships before we ever get there. So when they're sitting at Reach Retreat, they feel 100% heard. Like, it's not like only picking out a few nuggets. It's like, how does she understand what I'm struggling with? Like, that's what I love about Reach Retreat. Yes. And it's a small group, not like thousands of people. Yeah. So um, like it kind of changes based on locations. The girls vote and give me, an, like they don't get to pick ultimately, but they give to give me their suggestions and like their yeah. desires. So this year we're in Savannah, Georgia, and we're staying in an 1800 estate. So based on guest count and things, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do 10 attendees this year. 10 is a really sweet spot, enough people to get in connection with. It's not overwhelming to connect with one another and have those intimate conversations, but I upped it to six leaders. So the ratio is almost like they're getting one-on-one time with each of these speakers. And we are doing some of that. We're doing breakout sessions where they're going to build their aligned sales strategies and those kind of things in person. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And then obviously your ditch the bullshit coaching comes a lot of times after attending the retreat. Yeah, I've had it both ways. I've had it both ways, actually. Um, it's it's kind of nice because if I am working with them ahead of time, then I know where their problem areas are. And I'm like, okay, so this is why this speaker is going to be great for you. And that's what I like about the interview process. I ask them, like, what are you struggling with? What's working? What's not working? And then I can say, you know what? I actually know Diana is going to help you with that because she specializes in healing past traumas to use them to empower us to share our story, which then connects us with our audience. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. So that's why I try to like, just not accept people. You can't just buy a reach retreat ticket. You have to apply because if it's not the right fit for you, I'd be doing you a disservice or the other women in that room, they're counting on you to be just as committed and ready as they are. Right. Right. You don't want to go in there with someone that just monopolizes all the time, or is just a negative vibe or whatever. I love that you're cultivating the people in the room, not just the attendees, but the speakers and everyone. That's awesome. How many days? Um, five days this year. So we've actually extended by a day and that was by request. I listened to what my girls want. So they were like, we want one final day to just be like, just to be together. And so I'm actually spending, um, a whole day I've wrapped out for us to be at Tybee Island. So it's a beach day. We're going to be at North shore and South shore, or I think it's North beach and South beach is the actual term, but it's going to be like that final rest, connect, process everything, And then get to go home to our families rather than coming off of like a high or a breakthrough, or maybe, you know, we talk about healing a lot too. So maybe there's something that they're needing to work through and it gives them a chance to just 
ground themselves again before heading back to all the hats we wear. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I've been to so many masterminds and retreats where I wish, could we just have a day to just chill with each other? Because yeah, I mean, it's a need. I love that you're listening to that feedback. That would definitely be some feedback. I give some of the (laughs) retreat people. I have a leaders that I've attended. That's amazing. Well, that's the weird thing for me too, is I had never been to a retreat. So I literally created it based on what I felt like I needed and the women in my community needed. And then it's just, you know, it's been tweaked and adjusted based on feedback, but I really created it to be unique. And that's important, like, and unique to the girls, not just as a company. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's probably a good thing that you hadn't been to one that you could just make it your own from the very beginning and not copy paste everyone else. Right. You you talked a little bit about about there are traumas and, and kind of getting over that. Um, would you say that, um, well, I don't know how I want to word this. Okay. Team <laughs> just edit this out. But, um, <clears throat> would you say that, that, um, your teen pregnancy was like a serious trauma that you struggled with as far as, um, sharing that or try like trying to navigate how to present that. Or, I mean, I know for me, I have a lot of shame in my past. I did have a lot of shame about things that I've done, things I've been involved with or whatever. And being able to be transparent to people, I think it has a lot more value than what we, we lend it. Absolutely. Um, so just like you, I have a past, we all have pasts. We all have things in our lives that maybe, um, we've allowed to define us a lot longer than they should. And I hesitated for years to even talk about being a teen mom because I thought it discredited me. Um, I thought people thought, oh, she's, you know, irresponsible or like all of these things. Right. But as I've grown and evolved, I've noticed like that the fears have changed just as I've gotten older, but yet there was still like this, I don't really feel comfortable fully embodying it. And I think it's because I hadn't really healed from it and addressed it and used it to help motivate people. Um, I want other teen moms or teen dads, right? Not just women are involved in this, but to understand like, you don't have to be defined by the statistics. You don't have to just settle. Cause I remember being told (laughs) your life's over, like what you thought it was going to look like. It's not going to look that way. And I, I, I can literally hear that in my head. And does my life look like what I thought it would look like? No, but actually it's better. And I think it's better because I had a purpose that was so much bigger than myself to show her like, mom is going to make something of herself. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to make you proud. I'm going to put you in a good school. I'm going to, you know, build these businesses. And so I think if for anything, it kind of motivated me, but I did deal with that limiting belief of me. One of the things that I was, you know, afraid of when I didn't speak at the first research rate was I always said, I don't. I didn't think you guys wanted to hear me speak because I didn't think I really had anything to give you. I, I don't even have a college degree and I had to work. Yes. And you're shaking your head, but what? I, was, I was sitting in that room and I'm the host and I had a breakthrough of a degree does not define me. I wrote it on a piece of paper and I burned it before we left. And I said, I'm not letting this hold me back anymore Mm, because girl, I got chills just then. Mm. Yeah. So it has, it has followed me over the years and that's in 2020, but since 2020, the evolution of my life and business since letting go of that is insane. It is insane. But it still creeps up. Let 
go, let go. There is someone else with your same story. There is no matter how alone we think we are. I know I felt very, very alone when through my divorce and thought I'm the only one in the world that's ever been through this exact situation. And until you know, you don't know, but everyone out there needs to hear a similar story and needs to see, yeah, it's possible to move past teen pregnancy or a bad marriage or a whatever. And not just move past it and put it behind you, but value it in our lives. Like, you know, I am who I am because of that. So Amy, I always say, and my first keynote, okay. That I ever spoke at reach retreat was pivotal moments in my life that shaped me. I changed the trajectory. It's not that what defined me. I, you know, I had navigated being not only a young mom, but then a divorced single mom. Mm-hmm. And then navigating from that, you know, starting a business and being new in the entrepreneurial field and not feeling qualified to deciding not to pursue college anymore because I was already living out the dream of business and I didn't want to encumber the debt. And I was still trying to be a mom. It was too much to juggle. And mm-hmm. I told myself, like, I don't have to have that piece of paper to be successful. And I'm saying like a lot of people, you deserved it. You earned it. I totally get it. But for me, it just wasn't intended for my, my journey. It just wasn't, and I had to accept that and not see it as a failure. And then I navigated the loss of my baby sister, um, which led me to, um, starting my business in the first place. So there's a lot of memories and pivotal moments and they're not always bad. Like my husband proposing to me, that gave me the support that I never had in the past to believe in myself in a different way. So I think it's like looking at the pivotal moments, good and bad and deciding like, what's the gift in it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It for real. Um, so what is the bullshit that we're ditching? Okay. So it was so funny. The bullshit cycle is like my, um, model for how I set up my business. And I was standing in my kitchen, we were working from home, you know, cause the times that we were in at the time and my assistant was sitting at the kitchen table with me. And I said, I want to help these women navigate business. I want them to get out of this cycle. And she was like, okay. And so I was standing at my back door and I took sticky notes, which they're a thing for me. Sticky notes are part of a part of Danielle. Okay. Yes. Yes. I see. (laughs) Like my house is like covered in sticky notes. Um, And I was like, okay. So when I started my business, I was excited and I slapped a sticky note up on the door and I was like, I had all had everything mapped out in Trello. I was so hyped up, (laughs) slapped the sticky note up, right? Like I'm excited. Now I'm motivated. The next one was, um, then I got, I got overwhelmed because I was missing like the boundaries. I was missing charging enough. I was missing the support. I was missing a lot of the tools, um, that I just w- wasn't aware of. I didn't have a community either. Like back in 2016, like where masterminds really like a, a normal thing. I don't feel like they were like, maybe for like Tony yet. Robbins style, but like, it wasn't right. something that was like accessible, even networking was not to the degree that we have now. And I felt really isolated. And I was this new business owner coming into this market here in Oklahoma. And my business was based out of Norman. And it was like, who are you? Who is this person? And I was, you know, charging too little. And I was not asking for help. And because I didn't know who to ask. It wasn't that I didn't want to. And I was quickly burnt out. I literally hit rock bottom. And then my, I'm going to say, you can edit this if you don't want, but what I put on the next one was fuck it. I quit. Yeah. 
because I don't, no, I, no, say it. Fuck it. <laughs> yes, because I how yeah. many times and I feel like it's either fuck it, I quit, or you're just stuck in the repeat. And so it literally was like, I'm excited, I'm motivated, and then I'm overwhelmed. And then I'm either what repeating the cycle or I say fuck it, I quit. And that's how upset I was is these women and men, but my clients are women. These women have these gifts, they have a purpose. And because they're lacking these things that I could give them or connect them with, they're giving up on their dreams this close. Like how many times are we this close to either quitting or we do quit and we don't know how close we were to a breakthrough. And that, that was enough for me to say, we're ditching this bullshit and we're going to create a life and business that we really desire. And that's where that came from was, I literally sat back and I looked at her and I was like, this is just bullshit. And she was like, I think you just landed on something. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a thing. Yeah. So that literally happened in my kitchen during a pandemic. I love it. So you ditched it for yourself, created a, a a program, a system of how to do it and now offering it to others. Yeah. So through Throckmorton events, I hit burnout. I hit, you know, working 15 hour days. I worked, uh, one of the most recent events was this last Thursday. It was a 17 hour event day on my feet. And I was the cheapest on the vendors list. I, (laughs) I was exhausted. Um, I felt like I had great leads coming in over the years, but it was to the point where I was having, um, no systems put in place that it was me manually doing everything. I just kept finding all the gaps. I started putting myself around people going to conferences, like the one that I told you about. Um, I hired a business coach. I hired a money coach. I hired a bookkeeper. I hired a personal assistant. I hired a house cleaner. Like not everyone can go and do all those things, but I was having the work coming in. And so I was able to utilize the funds to be able to bring on help. I just didn't know why I didn't do it sooner. Um, I didn't know why I didn't invest in a $19 software that would automate things for me, you know, like, yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to fill those gaps, but what I've learned over the years is my zone of genius with women is really helping them kind of like the COO. So going in and helping them, they have a vision. They just don't know how to get there. And that's where I love to map out your offers, map out your schedules, map out your boundaries of when you're working and then create a roadmap with how are we actually going to get there? That's what I love doing is filling in those gaps and making sure that they are still a priority exercise fun. I always say the more fun I have, the more money I make. So I could talk about this all day, girl, but yes, yes, it's just, I feel like it's my purpose. And I really love getting to do this work. I love that you're doing it because so many of us start out in business with some great idea or, you know, we buy someone else's system and we're going to make it work, but there's really no roadmap. There's not, it's like, we all just have to figure it out for ourselves. And what do we do? Who do we pick? How do we, how do we know what's right? What's wrong? You know, there's so many mistakes that we could avoid. Yes, Amy. And like your success and your version of success is not the same as mine. And what happens is, is we try to compare ourselves to these other people's journeys and we are meeting resistance constantly in the way that we sell the, the people that we work with, how we show up on social media, the time we spend with our family, heck, even where we vacation. Oh, I saw so-and-so vacationing here. And that must be a thing that I need to do. Like, instead I asked them, what does success look for you? Look like for you right now. And then in five years, like, I want to know their bigger vision. And in a lot of times they don't know, which is okay. But if I, if I can extract it from them and start painting that picture, they get excited again. And that's what we have to do to stay 
out of that burnout to really step into our purpose is find joy and have fun doing it. Yes. Having someone to ask us the right questions is everything. Yes. Yes. So what advice would you give to someone other than just like hire me? (laughs) Obviously everyone probably needs to hire you if they're, especially if they're feeling stuck, but what are some of the mistakes you made when you were just starting out before this, before you ditched the bullshit? Okay. So it was, this one is going to be like a generic or answer, I guess, to your question, but it was taking care of my physical health because we get so busy and we do not prioritize that. And then to be able to show up as, you know, everyone's roles and their energy they put out is different, but to be a coach, you gotta be on like they're paying you to be firing, right? Like I cannot do that. If I am stressed, I'm overwhelmed. I didn't sleep well. I'm hungry, like all of those things. And so for me, it's foundational is to move your body, eat well, meditate, journal, make out with your partner. Like you've got to do those things. And you laugh because I'm like, yeah, right. People don't think about that, but it, Mm -mm. it changes the way that we do life in business. And I wish I would have done it sooner because for me, I started losing my hair. I knew I wasn't Mm. sleeping well. I would wake up with like the bride's nightmare dreams. Those were mine. Um, I, I got down to like 115 pounds, not because I wasn't, I mean, I really wasn't eating, but it wasn't intentional. I just was like going from job to job to mom. And I got physically sick. I had ulcers and yeah. So when I say I hit rock bottom, I'm not kidding. It didn't happen like in the snap of a finger, but I did, I had to have surgery. Um, I did start working with a trainer. I hired a nutritionist. It was not, it was a non-negotiable for me. And most of the time you guys are not aware as to why you're sick all the time, why you're short with your kids, why your spouse gets on your nerves, why you haven't made out in a while. Like, I just wish I would have done that sooner because I really did do a lot of damage to some of my relationships to, um, and myself. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. That was a mistake I made. I love that. I mean, we, we always talk about like every mom group I'm a part of all of my friends, everybody knows self, self-care, self-care. What is that? It's not going to the grocery store alone. It's not a bath. Like we have to keep ourselves clean and eat. Those are not self-care, but those things mm-hmm. that feel so selfish in the moment, obviously are really what it does take to be successful in business. We have to be caring for ourselves truly at the most base level. There was a, um, a little quote that Diana said at our reach retreat the first year, she's our third time returning speaker and she's a licensed counselor, an author. Um, and she's a mom of a senior actually, anyways, I can tell you all about Diana. She's amazing, but she believed in my vision before it even had a name and she's changed things for me. She's why I worked through that breakthrough moment. But she said to me, self-care is not selfish you show other people in your life how to matter and how to care by caring for yourself. And you're right. It's my version of self-care might look like a cold beer on a patio. Your version of, of self-care might mean a midday nap. Like what is it that you want? And women, so many times we lose ourselves that we don't even know what brings us joy. And, and it's not like, I'm not telling you that to feel shame. I'm telling you to pull out your phone and make a joy list that says, these are the three things I can do at, without even spending a dollar that are going to bring me joy. And for me, it's walking in nature, going outside, sitting in the sun, reading a book. Like it doesn't have to be really complicated things. It's just, you got to prioritize you 
or it affects everyone around you. So it's not selfish. It's selfish to not take care of ourselves. Yes. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Listen, Danielle is giving us permission to have the beer on the patio, take the walk, take the bath, do what we need to do to care for ourselves so that we can care for our kids, spouse, partner, employees, everyone. We can't well, do it unless it's too- Amy, it depends on where our kids are at, like in their ages, but my kids are now 12, 12 and 14. So I have one 12 year old and two bonus kids and I've been in their lives since they were five and seven. And then obviously Leah has been with me forever, but I taught them to, to take care of themselves, obviously by watching me, like Leah will tell me, like, I've had a really rough day, mom. I need to just go for a walk. And like, she'll start telling me these things, but also they've learned to respect mom's space. So Mm -hmm. like. I have a certain area in the house where I practice, you know, journaling, or maybe I just scroll on Facebook and I drink a coffee. Like, it's not always like I'm meditating or anything like that, but it's just like sacred time for me. And when I come out of that room, I'm different. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes my husband will say, Hey, I can tell that everything is kind of getting on your nerves and you're flustered. Why don't I help with dinner and you go for a walk? Like they have started to see that when I do take care of myself, I'm better And they Mm -hmm. want that. They want happy mom and happy wife. And so I think that we educate them by showing them, I understand that you need mom's help right now, but if you give me five minutes, I'll be fully present with you and be able to be all yours. And so that's like that mutual win for them is like mom needs five minutes and then she's all mine. Yes. Yes. Teaching those around us how to treat us by treating ourselves is, I don't know how many women's groups I've stood in and networking events where the women are complaining about their husbands. He never picks up after himself. He never lifts a finger, this and this. But when we give them those instructions, it's like, like you said, you get a partner in that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm blessed because he does listen to what I need, but it took me as being a single mom and someone who's very independent and was raised by a single parent, you have to allow yourself to be supported. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be perfect. Like I'll say, I have a really busy week, Would you mind handling the grocery order? And it may not look like I want it to look, but everybody has food and you have Uh to start to be able to allow yourself to be supported. It is not the end of the world. If your kids have ramen one night, like it is not the end of the world. So um, I think you have to pick and choose what you delegate and just be okay with the outcome. That's it. Be okay with getting the help and no, it's not just like you would do it. You literally spoke right to my heart (laughs) and I'm type A. So there is a micromanager like instinct in me to be like, can you make sure? Did you get this? Did you get that? And then I'm like, I asked him to handle it. Now I have to let that energy go and like, and focus on what I needed to be doing rather than ordering groceries. Yes. A hundred percent. Well, we know all about your planning events and coaching, what, uh, are you involved with any nonprofits? So I volunteer at bridges in Norman. So I am a mentor there and my kids actually volunteer there from time to time. We did some events during COVID too, which was really fun. But if you're not familiar with bridges, it is a, it's kind of rare how it's been approved, but it's for teens, um, to be able to go to school across the street at the high school, but be able to learn habits around like managing their money, taking care of an apartment, grocery shopping, getting jobs. Um, so what's really neat. And I want to make sure I don't watch this is that they don't actually belong to, um, like in foster care, they're more like responsible through bridges, which is different. So like, they're kind of like an independent living for the kids and they're empowering them and educating them. 
And a lot of them have even babies. So they have babies that live with them in their apartments. Um, and so for me and my husband, both being young parents, he was 19 when he became a dad is, mm-hmm. um, going and we've had like ice cream with them or snow cones. And we talk about their big dreams and we talk about like what's possible for them and lead them through our stories. Um, so bridges is one that I'm involved in. Um, I volunteer for Oklahoma, uh, wit, which is for future women in technology. And I volunteered just recently so that both of my daughters could go because they're only supposed to be high schoolers. <laughs> and so I was <laughs> like, wait, if I, if I volunteer, can I bring my sixth and eighth grader? But it was, um, taking them to this event where they heard from women here in Oklahoma who have positions as like engineers and, um, tech fields. And they got to interview colleges and talk about what it would look like to pursue these careers. So I just volunteer to like stuff swag bags and like check people in and do that thing just so that my kids obviously have a heart for volunteer work, but also are integrated into like all of the greatness that's available to them. Um, what else? I mean, I just try to volunteer when I'm asked, you know, church, those kind of things, but really it's bridges is what has my heart. Yeah. I, I have just recently become aware of bridges and it, what a need, what a need that that's serving. Yes. So that, and it was in alignment with what, with my story. So I was like, how can I give back? And this is a place to do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's no one else that so that a teen mom is going to resonate with more than someone who's been a teen mom and is now an incredibly successful person, whole living mom, business owner, the whole, the whole shebang. Thank you. And they're doing great work there. These kids really have big dreams. They're not feeling really super defeated. Like I feel like the bridges is really empowering them. And that's really neat to see. Yeah. That's the way we affect generational change. Instead of applying a label that society would love to lend to, you know, a teenager with a baby, let's, let's flip that script a little bit and give them the resources and the backing that they need to succeed. Exactly. We are not, we, we are so quick as a society to throw our people away with labels. Yeah. And I grew up, uh, we don't have to get into the whole religion topic, but where I lived is a small town. I live there now actually next to my dad. Um, and it was a shock, obviously is something that like everyone knew about. And we were involved in church and we were asked to step down from, um, the youth group. And so all the things that we needed as young kids that would have helped us, was removed from us. And that was something that caused a lot of hurt for me personally and made my journey a lot harder was not having that support. And so I want to redefine, you know, I don't want to encourage people. Obviously this is not an easy journey (laughs) by any means, but if you, but if you choose to be a parent, um, that, you know, that there are opportunities available to you and you can still beat, you know, beat the statistics. You don't have to be um, a victim of it. Like you can choose to, to proceed with your life and make it better than what it probably would have even been. So that's how I feel. Yes. We can use those things to equip ourselves and with the support of something like bridges, that's limitless. Yeah. And you did say like many of, many of them are, you know, young parents that got pregnant and then were removed from their homes. Um, so they needed somewhere to stay and now they're getting an education and they're being supported and that's always going to be special in my heart. What a time to be booted out <laughs> of your home yeah, and, and I, your church and your town. Yeah. And so I'm really blessed that my dad was super supportive, but yeah, we got a lot of kickback about needing to be married. Um, so obviously that was a lot of the reason we pursued that was, you know, having where we grew up is having a kid outside of marriage was 
frowned upon, even if you're 17, right? So um, I was found out I was pregnant January 3rd and I was married February 3rd and moved out and went to night school. I was asked to actually go to night school so that I wasn't a distraction. Um, so I worked full time. I went to night school, got my degree, walked with my class and uh, yeah. So we don't, I didn't mean to go into that rant, but if you are out there, you know, someone that's struggling or someone in your life is, is uh, becoming a young parent, maybe you just keep in mind, like, what do they actually need right now? This situation's already here, right? Like how mm-hmm. can we then make the best out of it rather than making them feel shame and feeling yeah. isolated? But at the same time, guess what the gift was? I learned how to be independent, motivated and keep pursuing it anyways. So in a way I'm kind of like grateful mm-hmm. that it didn't all work out. Um, because I, I believe it's part of my story and it does allow me to help people now. Yes. It all, all, yeah, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. I, I love that, that you're able to, to turn that around and get the support that you needed and now offer that support to others, whether it be a mom of a, of a child that got pregnant or the child that got pregnant. It's, um, it's something that we can move through and make use to make ourselves better. What else would you like the world to know about Danielle? I don't know. We uncovered a lot. (laughs) in 40 minutes, but, um, that's, I just thankful for the opportunity and I'm just getting more comfortable sharing my story. And so, so much, not so much about me. I'd rather just encourage those who are listening, like to own your story and use it to help others. And if there is that healing work that needs to be done, that you're not ashamed to ask for it. Um, that's been a big thing for me is getting over hurts and disappointments and relationships that failed and things that were challenging and now using it to fuel me because there is purpose in your story and your struggles. And so that would be really all I want you to know is ask for help, get it and, um, watch what happens when you start doing that work and you become a light things just gravitate towards you. Yes. Be your true self, put it out there, tell people. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being my guest, Danielle. I am so thrilled to meet you and hear your story and the impact that you're making in the lives of your clients and the women around you um, and your children and in your own marriage. Um, amazing things. Thank you so much for being a part of our community and thank you for being a queen that leads. Thank you so much for having me, Amy.